0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Welcome to Across the Pond Sports Podcast. Back for our week seven review. Um, Got Katie coming straight up in a moment. Got a big announcement uh, with Katie as well. And something we're going to be doing for Red Zone Sunday. Um, You can get us on social media. Across the pond, Sports Pod uh, on Facebook and on Instagram. Do get in touch with us, uh, and on Twitter as well at ATP Sports Pod. Uh, it'd be great to hear from you. Um, anything you you want to say about the show? Anything you want to to talk about? Uh, especially in the Facebook group that's becoming. We've got about 125 people in there now. And get getting some conversations going about sports, uh, so not just football, but we've got the World Series coming up. Uh, we're going to do a show, a review show of the World Series uh, with Joe and Molly. Um, so we'll have them coming up uh, towards the end of the week as well. Um, so yeah, a lot to do. Um, so uh, we will get on uh, with Katie and our Week 7 review. Okay, so we are back for Katie. We're looking at week seven. Uh, We're looking to see what went wrong. Who were the big winners, the big losers? Who could stay on their feet? Who couldn't? Uh, there's a, a lot of that at the weekend. Uh, before we do, um, we're going to have a special announcement. Um, football has been very different in 2020. Um, there's no doubt about that. There's no fans in the stadium. It's been hard to connect with other fans, family, friends that you would normally maybe enjoy a game with, whether that be at the stadiums, um, at sports bars, or even at home. It has been very different this year. Uh, well, now there's a place um, you can go. If you download the Collide app, Uh, from Apple and Android. Um, They have made a place where all fans can go. um, They've set up watch parties for fans during the games, um, whether that be baseball, football. They're setting up for the the new NBA season when that comes in December as well. Um, This Sunday, um, our announcement is that we will be hosting a red zone sunday watch party um it's 10 a.m pacific 1 p.m eastern and 5 p.m in the uk uh, so download the collide app now um join the party and uh we'll chat football for seven hours of uninterrupted no commercials <laughs> and everything else uh, will you be joining us katie
1: I will be joining you guys for part of the watch party. I think that this sounds like a lot of fun to just get in there. And that's one of the, like you just said, that's one of the things that we've really missed since COVID happened is just getting together and doing these sort of, you know, like meeting at a bar for, to watch the game or, you know, go, going to the game is, is a special treat here in Denver, especially it's, if you can get a ticket to a, a Denver Broncos game, that's a pretty big deal. But I mean, meeting and just watching the games with friends and family this is a great way to do that um, under these conditions and, you know, across the pond. I mean, you and I can do a watch party together um, yeah. and watch a game together.
0: <laughs> exactly. I, I joined in uh, one of the watch parties that was hosted by Janelle. Um, give her a big shout out. Um, she was doing the, the Dodgers Rays World Series Game 5. Uh, we had a we had a ball. We had a blast. Um, I was up. It was very late. But my son was up, so I was up. Um, It was before sun up, so it was my turn. Um, And and we we had a great time, great chat, um, a lot of fun, a lot of banter. So we hope to have that uh, this Sunday. Um, So please do join us on Reds on Sunday. Download that Clyde app. I'll give you the details at the end of the pod as well um, for anyone that's missed. Uh, But let's get on with football. And we're going to start off with um, field goals. Field goals, field goals, field goals. Even extra extra point kicks included in this. There has been so many missed, of, like more than I can remember. And guys that would usually be super reliable.
1: Steve Gostkowski.
0: Yeah, well, point, yeah, point well made. Um, yeah. What is going on with kicking?
1: That is a fantastic question. And I, I do have to say that you brought up extra points have been missed too. And ever since they moved it back from the two yard line, that's made such a difference. And I'm, I actually, am really glad that they did that because I, when they first implemented the rule, I was like, that's uh, who cares? It's uh, another, you know, another few yards back, there's still, still going to be an easy kick for them. Apparently it's not. Um, (laughs) And so I'm, I'm so glad that they did made that rule where if you go for two, you, you know, you have it from the two yard line. If you're just going to kick one, you know, it's further back and I think it's just been a great rule change because it actually makes that extra point harder to get.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I was, I, I wasn't really too bothered about the rule change. I thought it would probably make it a bit more interesting uh, and it has probably not for the reason I thought though. I mean, I, I thought defenses would, would be able to get on it quicker, um, but yeah, it, it's been really weird and, and, so many reliable kickers just not kicking the ball well. And then some guys actually have seemed to have adjusted quite well. Um, and it seems to be more of the rookie side. Uh, the guys that have maybe been only in the league a couple of years, they seem to be quite consistent. It's the experienced guys. Is that maybe down to not having an off-season?
1: I mean, but with kicking, I feel like you should be able having an off-season or not is completely different than if they corner or if a wide receiver doesn't have an off season because you, know, you don't have someone throwing you the ball or, or <laughs> whereas with a kicker, all you got to do is just find a field and just try and kick the ball over the, you know, a field goal post, or even if there isn't a soccer post, um, just try and kick it over. Um, it is really shocking how many people have, how many kickers have missed those typical, typical like money, easy field goals this year.
0: Yeah, it's definitely been a strange one. Um, We will move along then to our games. Uh, The first game that we'll be talking about is Thursday Night Football's Giants-Eagles. So this was a a tough one. Um, The Eagles won by a point. They they actually didn't look terrible in this game. Um, However, my man of the day has to be Daniel Jones uh, and his... Run slash hop slash drop. Um, he I've seen runners run and, and lose their balance and stuff before, but this looked totally different. This just totally looked like he'd scored a touchdown already and yeah, he was done. I think if he just taken a look behind him and seen that because if you look at the camera shot, there's no one else in the camera shot bar him. So he's got a good kind of five to ten yard head that hard head start why didn't he just look behind him and say, ah, oh, I'm miles ahead. I'll just slow well, down instead of falling on my ass. Ex-
1: exactly. And that's the thing is he was running. And I think that that is what tripped him up Is he was trying to look to see where, where the, you know, the defense was, how close they were to him, which side they were on. And he got a little tangled up in his own running, but they still have those giant, screens all you have you see it all the time when you know a running back is going the going to the house you know he looks up at the screen to see himself running because that's a great way to look to see who's behind you getting the fact that he got tangled up over his own feet just again he's a quarterback not a running back so it didn't really surprise me it was pretty funny to, to oh gosh he meant you know tackle the game goes to daniel jones so on daniel jones but <laughs> I think that it just goes to show you this, how sad that Giants running game is. There's no one there to run the ball other than him. He, you know, he had that long run, um, but he had almost hundred rushing yards on the game. And the next guy up was Wayne Gallman with 34 on 10 attempts. And it just goes to show you how much that Giants offense is missing. Saquon Barkley Uh, Devonta Freeman obviously is not the answer so I'm I'm curious if they might be on the trade they might be interested in trading some of their um, guys away this year I mean Sterling Shepard is back and uh, that kind of made Darius Slayton a non-factor maybe they're interested in trading some guys around to to get more draft picks or something but it was it was a sad game for for the Giants and I, I the fact that they only lost by one uh, despite not having any rushing game just goes to show you that they're, they're just a couple players away from really turning things around
0: Well, let's be honest it was the Eagles that they were playing <laughs> um, who haven't who aren't uh, any better really I mean Carson Wentz had a horrible throwing game in terms of completions he, he did throw for 359 and two touchdowns um Austin Scott 12, 12 carries and 46 yards. I mean, that's that's not all that great. Richard Rodgers wasn't great. Travis Hogan wasn't great. Um, yeah, they were catching the ball, but you're not really taking it very far, and the completion rate has killed them. Um, and I think the Eagles were very lucky uh, to win this. Um, you had the Giants winning this game. Um, I had the eagle. It was so
1: close. I know, uh, man. It would have been so, such a nice. <laughs> it would have
0: been but, a nice start yeah. for you. Um, it would have. <laughs> uh, but what's what's the next game you've got for us?
1: I have next up the Lions and the Falcons, and this is a game where we're, we typically are used to seeing these kind of outcomes, but it's typically Detroit that's on the other side of these sad. <laughs> Sad games where, you know, it just kind of seems that they're on the wrong side of the ball. Um, but sure enough, Todd Gurley found a way to not stop himself. And he tumbled into the end zone and gave them a possession with just a few minutes left. I mean, that's, talk about a weird scenario. It's like, whatever you do, don't score. And just your momentum taking you over the goal line. And Todd the Gurley just did another
0: defense will yeah yeah go and score go score
1: go on it go ahead ha- yeah. after you go
0: for it. and it's all yours
1: it, it's it's just the Falcons 2020 season it, it just is the Falcons 2020 that no no matter what they do I feel like they're finding some way to lose every single game and it it just I feel really bad for them because it's either obviously they know that they can't leave the game up to their defense because their defense is not that great this year. And by Todd Gurley running it in with a minute left, they left it up to their defense to try and win the game for them. And it did not turn out. So
0: So by
1: by one point,
0: (laughs) my notes during the game before Gurley made his howler, um, was that Gurley had shown up and he looked fairly decent. Um, certainly compared to previous weeks, um, Obviously, when that happened, my notes kind of changed um, to Curly shows up and loses the game. Um, one thing that happened during the game was the Falcons got a personal foul when they tackled Stafford, but Stafford still had the ball in his hands and it, it, it didn't seem to count as a sack. And um, the Lions, um on the sorry, on the, the next time around, the Falcons then obviously scored off a penalty as well. But that whole Falcons getting a personal foul, um, when really they've just sacked the, the quarterback, I really didn't understand that. Did you, did you see that play?
1: I didn't see that play, but I do feel like there, there's so much protection around the quarterback, um, that there's definitely a lot of times where depending on the referee crew, you're going to have that crew that's going to in situations like that, just give the you know, give the benefit of the doubt to the quarterback and try and protect them.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've seen it with Brady for years and Brady has been, very well looked after. Um, although Roger Goodell <laughs> might not like him. Uh, the referee <laughs> crews certainly do. Um, this, this game was a one-point game as well. Um, it was pretty tight. Um, and uh, it was pretty tight between you, yourself and myself. Um, you had taken uh, the Detroit Lions by four. I had taken them by seven. Uh, so you win the second game. Um, the next game that I have is the Browns-Bengals. Um, so some good news, bad news um, in this one. Uh, Beckham Jr. is out for the season. Uh, apparently, even could be out for up to as eight, long as eight, eight or nine months um, without any football, which is big for him. He went out in the first uh, quarter and um, obviously didn't return. But it just Landry took over, uh, and Landry Landry became the focal point of the offense, um, and. To, to his credit, Baker Mayfield um, actually, I think, had a decent game as well. Um, he didn't do his usual kind of put his head in his hands and, and try and kind of, oh, it's not me, it's not happening. Um, he threw for 20, uh, 297 yards. He threw for five touchdowns, um, which I, I think is pretty decent. I mean, he only had one interception. The running game was non-existent. Um, for the Browns um, which is probably what let the Bengals into this game um, and allowed this game to be so close because it's 37-34 to the Browns um, but definitely felt that Beckham being out might not actually be the worst thing in the world to happen to the Browns.
1: Yeah I think that as soon as they get Nick Chubb back too that'll make a big difference for the Browns running game and one thing when I look back at this game I kind of feel that Every week minus minus week six, the Bear, the Browns have been getting better every week, and they've been making those the growth in the areas that they needed to to win games. And I feel like they were doing that in spite of Baker Mayfield. I felt like he was just kind of there. It could have been. I think I even said in last week's show that it didn't matter if it was Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum who was there because it, they, they were pretty interchangeable. That all changed on Sunday when he threw for five touchdowns, um, and I think that that it really was a, a great showing from Baker Mayfield, and hopefully it boosted boosted a lot of his confidence going forward. Especially now that Beckham is going to be out, um, and Joe Burrow, holy cow, for a rookie at quarterback, he threw again over four hundred yards. I mean, this and, and three touchdowns this this Bengals team is going to be very good when they just get a couple more pieces and they're so close because they found a great quarterback. And I'm so happy to see AJ Green has been starting to show up again. Um, it's, it, it was a great game for both Ohio quarterbacks.
0: I think it was a great game for Ohio football. Um, it was end to end. There, there was action throughout the game, drama, um one point you thought, oh the Bengals are gonna win this, and it was the Bryans Bengals, and, and you were kind of going back and forth um much as, as the game did. And um Joe Burrow did have a pretty sensational game again. Um he keeps having these great games and they're still they're, they lose. Um and that's I just hope he can keep his head up. Um because I think if he, he takes that one win that they do have as, as a great kind of confidence builder. Um, Mayfield the same I mean he he pl- the last two weeks I think he's been pretty decent um, he, he kind of went through a bit of a dry spell towards the end of the last week but nah I, I think quarterback wise I think both teams probably are set up for a while um, like you say Nick Chubb coming back and um, Cincinnati getting a couple of guys back as well Um, And maybe bringing in a couple of pieces before the the trade deadline might give them that boost just to put them over the line uh, against some games. Um, We both took Cleveland in this game. Um, I took Cleveland by 10. uh, You took Cleveland by 8. So you win this one. Uh, What's the next game that you've got?
1: Uh, I have the Packers and the Texans. And if you recall, I thought that this was the week that the Texans turned their season around. Instead, this was the week that the Texans proved to me that they are just not a good team. And their defense is not very good either, despite having J.J. Watt. Um, I, I feel really bad for the Texans. It, the, the biggest problem with the Texans is not Deshaun Watson. I mean, he's, he has a ton of passing yards serving. I think he's thrown for over at least 250 yards in every single game. But the complete lack of a running game for the Texans is what's hurting them and really not even giving them a chance to win any of these games. And the Packers, they definitely had a bounce back game from last week when they lost to the box. Obviously there were some problems um, on their offensive line. When I saw that Aaron Jones was going to be out of the game, I was like, Ooh, man, maybe I, maybe I really will win this game against James with picking the Texans. But uh, Devonte Adams had, you know, career high and just about, you know, I think receiving yards and uh, eighth most receiving yards and a game in Packers history. So he came out and just was lights out and just proved how weak that Texans defense is now.
0: I think uh, Jamal Williams turned up as well. Um, 77 oh, yards man. of 19 carries, but they were really important carries. Um the, the ones that he had he only averages 4.1 in the game but I, I just think when the Green Bay do a really good job of running the ball at the right time and just getting the yards that they need so um, this game the score line for me um, doesn't do it justice I, I think Green Bay were miles apart this really should have been 35-10 um, I, I think that the 20 probably is because Green Bay took their foot off the gas Um, and they didn't let the Texans wholeheartedly into the game, um, but it just made the the 13 points that they scored in the fourth quarter a bit kind of nonsensical. It it was a good game. Um, JJ Watt was looking for his 100th sack. He missed out, so he probably misses a bonus of money from somewhere um, (laughs) on that one. Um, As you said, um, you took the the Texans in this one, um, and I took the Packers, so I take this one.
1: And I was going to say too, you know, you mentioned that Jamal Williams played very admirably in replacement for Aaron Jones. And you're like, "Oh, he only, you know, averaged just over 4 yards a carry, but you have to look at who they trade. that, you know, the Texans traded away DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, and he has the most rushing yards that he's rushed for in a game was in week 1 against the Chiefs when he rushed for 77 yards. Other than that, he is 34 yards, 23 yards. So, I mean, This is the guy that you traded away one of the best receivers in the game for, and he's not even getting a hundred yards. He hasn't gotten a hundred yards yet this season. And that is a huge killer for this Texans offense.
0: Yeah. It's it's a real struggle. Um, And I, yeah, they're, they're going to have a tough year. Um, And it's a shame when you've got someone like uh, Watson, JJ wall. So you've got good guys on, on both ends of the, the field, but yeah. They're, they're, they're gonna have a real struggle. Um next up is the Panthers at the Saints. Um wow. This this game was probably billed as being quite a close game, and it was. It was 27-24 to the to the Saints. Um Breeze just breezed through the great game. He he didn't look like he was under any kind of great amount of pressure. He pretty much ran his offense with not too much trouble. Um,
1: Just because of Alvin Kamara. Yeah. yeah, The whole, it wasn't Drew Brees at all. This was Alvin Kamara saying, okay, our top two receivers are out. I'm going to win this game.
0: Yeah. He took a lot of responsibility for the game and, and was kind of like, yeah, the, the, this kind of has to fall on someone because Drew Brees has got an arm. And he, although he's been having some issues with his, his kind of longer down the field throws this year, um." you still kind of rely on him because um, his experience and everything else that he can, what he can do and what he's done um, speaks for itself. Um, but I thought the saints were were pretty decent in this game. Um, I thought it was interesting going to see Teddy Bridgewater up against the saints. I, I thought that didn't really, didn't really come into the game at all. Um, Kamara had 14 carries for 83 yards. He averaged six yards um, per carry um, and he, caught as well he received eight um so for 65 yards he actually um was targeted eight times and caught all eight passes so um I think Kamara definitely had probably the game of the day
1: yeah he he had a great game but I I also think that despite losing I think that Teddy Bridgewater proved himself as being back I mean when he was in Minnesota, you know, he was a starter and he had a lot of problems. And then he ended up being the backup in New Orleans, and it looked like he finally kind of has started to get it. And when he went to Carolina, a lot of people were like, "Well, I don't know. I guess that's an I guess that's an upgrade over Cam Newton." Um, knowing now how Cam Newton has been playing, that yeah. an obvious upgrade. But yeah. the, the, the thing with the with the signing Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers, I don't think that they were expecting anywhere that they would lose to to the Saints by three uh, and without Christian McCaffrey on the field, Teddy Bridgewater has been looking really good this year and he's gotten better every game. And um, he's, he's coming out there and and showing his, his rookie head coach that he's, he was the right guy for the job. Um, And it's uh, he's looking to be the perfect quarterback for the Panthers right now. And um, I'd see a lot of upside with them.
0: I think, the fact that they didn't have a, a rushing game whatsoever um, on on that side um, kind of speaks for speaks volumes for Bridgewater and how he was then able to manage the game and keep the Panthers in it. Um, I think he he's shown the Saints that pretty much what he did for them he can emulate uh, with the Panthers. And now obviously the Panthers don't have the defense that the the Saints maybe have. Um, they don't have a Kamara, but he he's managing to to throw the ball around and um, do exactly what he did for the Saints when Breeze was out and I think he's done pretty well Um, you had taken the Panthers in this one, Um, I had taken the Saints uh, by two Um, it was a close game, it was 27-24 to Saints Um, what is the the next game that you've got up?
1: The next game that I have up is the Buffalo Bills versus the New York Jets and the fact that the Jets only lost to Buffalo by eight, um, I think that this was the game where you had it like a, as a complete slaughter, uh, but like by 30 or something. But I, I think that the, I think, yeah, I think that the fact that the Jets only lost by eight is, is something to, to really kind of be excited about and build on. Um, I know that Adam Gase gave up the play calling duties to his offensive coordinator and, they had one of the best offensive games that they've had all season. So maybe it's uh, showing that you know, maybe maybe you shouldn't try and do it all, Adam Gase. Um, he's not the best head coach. And uh, maybe just trying to let some of your coordinators do what they do best uh, will help your team kind of start winning some games. Um, but I thought that, the, that that was the best thing to take away from this game. For me, the, the fact that the Jets only lost by eight and their offense looked Better, um, I, I think that I think that they should have won this game by way more uh, the Bills, and it's uh, it's discouraging that they you know Josh Allen couldn't get into the end zone at all, um, no touchdowns, no interceptions. But I mean, it, talk talk about a, a boring game without any touchdowns. Uh, the, the Bills have to figure that out.
0: It, it didn't feature much on red zone, has to be said. This game, um, they kind of went to it for maybe 30 seconds and would go away to far more interesting games. Um, I actually thought, although you're saying the Jets' offense did pretty well, when I did see the Jets' defense, they they actually looked like a defense um, more than any other time this season. And they looked like, and like you say, maybe giving up play calling and everything else, they, they really thought, or I thought that, they could take this game and, and certainly the way that the game was going, Josh Allen looked a shadow of himself over the last couple of weeks because yeah. he, he looked so uncomfortable in the pocket and it was like, I'm just getting rid of the ball. I just, I, I want nothing to do with this defense today. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to get rid of the ball. Um, so I thought he, he, he still won the game and like you say, he didn't throw any interceptions, um, but then the Jets didn't score anything in the second half. So and I think if if you're gonna do that, then yeah, you're you're gonna struggle. Um Buffalo went for what um they, they scored six. Um six field goals. Yeah. Um it was just wasn't wasn't the best game. Um, there's not a lot to talk about it to be fair. I mean Josh Allen did throw for 307 yards and he ran for 61. Um again a team, another team with no run game, and um, passing. Cole Beasley was pretty decent. Um, he had a, he had a good game. Um, on the Jets side, Sam Darnold was back, um, and he looks a bit rusty. Let's be honest. Um, but only- I was to say,
1: I don't know if I'd say he was back. I mean, he he did throw for two interceptions, but I mean, he, yes. And he th- that's the thing is, I'm like, you say he's back. I'm saying that the Jets' offense has something to be excited about, and like looking at the stat lines, I'm sure. If anyone just were to look, like, "What on earth are they talking about?" They only had 91 passing yards and 109, you know, 100 rushing yards. That's nothing to be excited about. But if you're the Jets, Frank, I feel like that is something to be excited about.
0: And yet again, Frank Gore is your your leading rusher with 60 yards.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm sure he's gonna run run down the field one day, and just like a leg or an arm or something is just gonna drop off as as he goes. Uh, because he must be what like 150 by now, so um, he's he's having it tough. But um, this game um, was pretty much a, a blow, or should have been a blowout. Um, it was a blowout for you. Um, you win in this game. I'd taken the the bills as you said by 30. Uh, you taken them by 14. Um, so you can be happy with that. Um, we're gonna move it along quickly. Um, oh, Dallas Cowboys in Washington taking on the football team. Um, before Derek's injury Dallas had an offense they had zero defense now they have zero offense and zero defense uh, McCarthy went on another rant after the game about his players not rising to the challenge when Dalton went down and not getting into them and, and getting back at Washington for that which I thought was the wrong language to use I I don't think you should advocate for your players to go and take out players on other teams. Um, I I don't think that's sportsmanship-like, and I'm surprised the NFL haven't given him a phone call to say, we'd rather you didn't say things like that. Um, Dalton was terrible before he he went down. Um, He was strip-sacked, safeties, everything. It was, as a Cowboys fan... Terrible, terrible game to watch. I mean, you're walking, watching America's team and they look like a team that are like Sunday League should be playing on a Friday night or something. So um, probably not even Friday night, maybe Thursday. Um, that's where all the bad games get played. Um, Washington were good. There's no doubt about it. Kyler Allen was was decent. Um, but yeah, yeah. Are the Cowboys just one foot in the grave?
1: Uh, there's got to be. I think that Mike McCarthy is probably not going to last the full season in Dallas. Um, the way that hit the Cowboys are playing right now is, is a joke. It's, it's an utter disgrace because there's no reason with some of the, the money that they're paying these playmakers that they should be losing games 25 to three against the Washington footballers I mean it's it's a joke and I, I know that losing Dak Prescott is a huge blow it's a huge I mean it, when you lose your starting quarterback that's, that's a good starting quarterback it's going to be a huge blow but it's like the rest of the team was like all right Dak's not here and we're not there's no reason for us to try our try our hardest to get him his payday I'm not going to play for this guy I mean that's the way that they're playing on the field it, it's like they're they really don't like Mike McCarthy. And I, like, I don't, I don't want to play for this guy. I, there's that- no, I was, I was playing for Dak before, so he could get his big payday. I don't want to play for this guy and I'm not going to show up. I mean, Zeke looks horrible. Everyone on that team looks absolutely horrible. And I never would have thought going into the season that the De- Cowboys would be this bad.
0: The, there was all the anonymous press releases last week from players um outraged at the way McCarthy runs his his coaching staff, they feel that he's ill prepared and everything else he took some shots at the players um and then like i said after after the game on Sunday, he then took more shots at the players, questioning their response when Dalton went down um i i I'm much the same Jerry Jones was very very loyal um to the clapper. Um, for a long time, and he got a lot of contract extensions he shouldn't have got. But I, he liked, like they they had a good relationship, owner and coach. McCarthy doesn't have that in Dallas. Um, and I I am with you. I think week ten, he he's probably if, if things don't improve, and I don't think that they will. Week ten, he's out the door, and Jerry Jones is going coach hunting. Um, there's a few good coaches out there. Um, and Jerry Jones isn't scared to get out his checkbook to to get one as well. So um, it was a tough game for me. Um, you win this one because uh, you took Washington to win. I obviously took Dallas. <laughs> More for me. You know what? i I taken them by five and they didn't even score five. Um, <laughs> that's how bad that was. Um, what's the next game that you've got?
1: The next game up was the battle of the unbeatens of the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Tennessee Titans. And we touched on this at the beginning of the show with uh, our talk on kickers. And wow, I, I don't know what is happening to the what they're doing in Tennessee to just ruin their kickers. I mean, Goskowski was one of the most reliable kickers in football for years. And that's the whole reason that they brought him in. And it came down to that. The, the Titans ran all the way down the field, got within field goal range. They're, okay, here comes overtime. And he missed it. And I think that Ben Roethlisberger's face was perfect because they, they showed Ben Roethlisberger watching the kick go up and him kind of turn towards the field. Afterwards, Like oh, he, he missed it. And then his mouth just agape, you know, like,
0: that's he, always he missed it. it. The expectation, the expectation yeah. is that that guy, he hits it, it's going between the posts. And, and for whatever reason this season, he's from from week one to now. Somehow Tennessee had managed to win games without a kicker, um, but they had and they were they were five and zero. But now A's find themselves five and one. And Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, God knows how Ben Roethlisberger does this because he's not a young pup, um, and he's a big big guy, but he. He took some hits as well, um, but he manages to, to pull out another win having three interceptions.
1: Yeah, and I, it, the, that's the thing is I, I'm just, I'm shocked because, you know, F- Juju Smith-Schuster finally showed up um, and, you know, had a, a, a number one receiver type of game. Uh, you know, Chase Claypool was completely ineffective for them and the running game for the Steelers was effective. So I think that that helped. I also think that, that the Steelers defense they knocked it out of the park with bott- bottling up Derrick Henry. I know that they were missing Devin Bush, but T.J. Watt and company got after him and um, only allowed him to average three point eight yards per carry. And I, this, looking at if you were to just look at stats, I and and not the overall outcome of the score. I would have looked at the Titans' stats and said the Titans won this game because they they played very well. Um, there there were very minimal mistakes on the Titans' side of the ball, except for that big one at the end where Koskowski missed that that potentially game tying field goal.
0: I think as well. I think the, the Titans have shown all season long that they can they can win football games, and this one was no different. They they easily could have. This, this could have flipped easily. I mean, it was 27-24 to the Steelers. They did really well. It did look as though the Titans were really going to come back. There was lots of late drama. Um, it was late drama in a lot of games, but this one in particular caught everyone's eye because both teams had been 5-0. and um, I, I really see... And, and Chase, Chase Claypool, I don't know if he was a couple of games hit wonder and, and now that's him kind of down the pecking order again. Um kind of sad if it is, he only got targeted once in the entire game. So um, hopefully his excitement, his exuberance that he showed over those last couple of weeks, um, they do bring that back because he added a lot to, to the Steelers. Um, you had taken the Titans to win this one. Um, I had taken the Steelers. So I win this one. Um, up next, we are going to do the Sunday late games uh, and Monday night football as well. Okay, then. So back with Buccaneers at the Raiders. Uh, Vegas took an early lead. Uh, they looked pretty comfortable. Looked like, you know, nothing much was going to phase them. However, they end up going down massively, 45-20, uh, to Tom Brady. Tom Brady had a, an outstanding game. Um, There's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, threw for 369 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. They, they sort of had a running game. Fournette and Jones were trying to get going, and, and it was working at times. Uh, but the Raiders, they just didn't seem to have much of a running game. They had Aglhor, who who could who was catching the ball everywhere. But other than that, the the Raiders just kind of lost momentum almost.
1: Yeah, I think that it the, they've show, the Raiders have shown that they are a a team that are on the the, the rise, that they are getting better this year, uh, that they're better than that they were last year. But the Buccaneers came in and showed that right now they're the better team. And I think that when the season started, everyone was kind of looking at Tom Brady and being like, oh, maybe he should have retired. He's not looking that good. Um, but he's totally found his stride. And he's finally looking like he's in sync with his receivers. Uh, Rob Gronkowski's back. Uh, my Still so... Upset over this, my dad dropped Gronk in our fan in one of our fantasy football leagues because Gronk had been completely ineffective. But he's past few weeks he's been showing up, and uh, I think that he's getting up to speed and showing that he's back back to his old form. So I think that the the Buccaneers are on the upswing in there. They're looking really good. There's just too many weapons. And especially now with Antonio Brown going there, I mean, there's even more weapons between Scotty Miller and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski and Fournette and Ronald Jones. And uh, I'm missing someone else. Mike Evans. I mean, there's so many guys there. So it's, it's crazy to me. And Tom Brady is, he can pick and choose who he wants to throw to. So it's, it's looking really good um, for the Buccaneers right now. And they're going to be a tough team to beat
0: the rest of this year. Yeah, I thought the Buccaneers just looked comfortable. They they didn't, even though uh, Vegas took an early lead, it was like, that's no sweat. It's fine. You know, we're, we're here. We can just, we've got our own pace. And, and second quarter, they really turned it on. Um, Buccaneers, I think Tom Brady, yeah, like you say, yeah, yeah, you should have probably retired a couple of games ago. And now he's looking like he beat Rodgers last weekend. He's beaten Carr this weekend. So, um yeah, he's he's maybe still got it. <laughs> Who'd have known? Yeah. Um it, it was a tough game for Derek Carr. Um and like you say, I think him and John Gruden are, are on the same page this year, whereas in previous years I think there's been a bit of a uh animosity between the two. Um Buccaneers win and, and went big forty um sorry, forty five twenty. Um you take this game uh, again. Um, you had the Bucks winning by six, and I had taken the Raiders, so I lose on that one. Um, what is the next game that you have?
1: We can skip this game. Yeah, we sure? don't need to talk about this game. Yeah, no, no, we don't need to talk about this game. Um, let's move along. Let's, but who do you have next?
0: <laughs> um, so I have, <laughs> I have the Chiefs and Broncos.
1: <laughs> no, no, I said let's skip it. I said let's skip it. Oh, <laughs> man. Okay, so the the silver lining of this complete blowout of my Denver Broncos by the Kansas City Chiefs is that we the the Broncos held Patrick Mahomes in check we only allowed 200 yards and one touchdown I mean out of Mahomes that's huge
0: Was Uh, was that hang on was that the Broncos or was that the snow
1: it was our Broncos defense are you sure oh I'm sure about it our defense is looking so much better this year they're they're on the upswing. <laughs> yeah, it was
0: forty three sixteen.
1: I know, I know. It was a, it was forty three sixteen. I know. If we don't need to say it anymore. I mean, like the fact that Chad Henney was playing at the end of the game just goes to sh- I didn't even know Chad Henney was still in the league. I, I, that is. Scott so, so the fact that Chad.
0: <laughs> Scott Hansen said the exact same thing on Venture He was like, "Oh, he's still in the league."
1: Oh, that's where he is. I, I didn't even know he was still playing. Yeah, I mean. The, the Chiefs just came out and um, the Chiefs defense and special teams won this game. And I know that Drew Locke is a young quarterback, but he has to get used to playing in the snow. We, we play in the snow often here in Denver, and he's, he's got to be making better plays. I mean, they had that ret- the kick return touchdown, which blew my mind. I was like, wow, he's taking it out and he's going to score. I mean, when I was, I I couldn't believe it when they were showing the game, it was, it was a disgrace. Um, And then they had that pick six and the can I'm luckily I had the Kansas city chiefs defense and fantasy in two of my leagues. And so it was kind of like, well, at least if the Broncos are going to lose the chiefs defense is killing it. Um, It was, it was a really rough game for the Broncos and you know, it was 24 to nine at halftime. So this, they were never even that there's never even a a chance for them to be in this game. They got the garbage touchdown at the end, uh, to make it look a little bit better on paper for 16 points, but it was, it was a rough game to watch here in Broncos country. And I hope that it was, it's it's something that the Broncos can turn around next season, uh, when we do have our full arsenal of weapons, but Philip Lindsay going out with the concussion hurt a lot. Um, I mean, there's Albert uh, Okwujebam. Uh, he was our leading receiver. Tim Patrick was second with only three receptions. There's just so many injuries right now, and um,
0: it's been the playing story in the snow the just
1: didn't season. help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, Broncos and Niners yeah. injuries. That that's that's the main storyline. So
0: yeah, well, the next game happens to be the Niners. But uh, just before we go to that one, we both took the Chiefs to win. Uh, I took them by 14, you took them by nine. So I win that one. Uh, So that was a tough game. Um, One thing I noticed, as soon as the game came on, there was a blizzard um, (laughs) as the game kicked off. So uh, that was a bit of a shock to me, given that we're only in October. Uh, So in Scotland, we don't get snow, at least until February.
1: That's our second snowstorm. We had a, a snowstorm back in September. Oh that so, was even more. Yeah, right right uh the week at the couple of days after Labor Day is when we had our first snow of the year. <laughs> so let's
0: not tell my kids because they'll all want to move to Denver. Uh <laughs> play in the snow. Uh that's all they ever want to do when it snows. Um right, so yes, the 49ers at the Patriots. Um Bill Belichick losing in Foxborough. This this was odd. Um, However, um, Jimmy Garoppolo showed up again this week. His running game showed up this week. His passing game showed up this week. Um, On the flip side of that, Cam Newton fell asleep. Uh, Damian Harris was in a coma. um, And Jacoby Myers was um, sitting on the sideline. Um, (laughs) There there wasn't much that the, the, the Patriots did at all in this game um, right across the board um, Cam Newton came out they shoved in Jarrett Stidham um, who I had never heard of before um, and the 49ers just looked so comfortable Like they, it's like last week they found a rhythm and then this week they just carried that out. because you had said last week that the week before Jimmy Garoppolo probably shouldn't have played he still looked really bad and then last week he looked brilliant. And then this week again, he has just kind of moved on from that. And 33 to 6 against a Bill Belichick team.
1: Yeah, and I as, as a Broncos fan, anytime the Patriots lose is, is a great day in for me, uh, despite if the Broncos winning or losing. So the Patriots losing was a fantastic for me, especially too since my dad's 49ers were able to give them their, their loss in Foxborough. And I just think that it it was great to see Jimmy G come out and he only had five incompletions and he looked fantastic. Um, I know that, that just, they just acquired uh, the 49ers just traded uh, to the, from the New York Jets, a six round pick for Jordan Willis. So that's going to help them with their injuries that they've been uh, acquiring and uh, building up over the past six weeks of the season. And I think that despite all these injuries that they have and Debo Samuel, is going to be out again too. Despite all these injuries, they're finding ways to win. And I, I guess it just goes to show you that one, that the Patriots aren't that good if they're losing to an injury riddled 49ers, but two, the, the 49ers have the mindset and all in the confidence in all of their players and that's what you need to win football games
0: yeah and they, they definitely have that Kyle Shanahan is he, he seems to be a bit of a quarterback whisperer he, he really gets in their heads and Jimmy, I mean Jimmy G is, is no slouch let's be honest he's had bad games and whatever else but he isn't a slouch and and he works hard um, he did have that one bad game a couple of weeks ago when he just came back but I think as a whole, I think everyone probably expected that because he probably rushed him back too quick. Um, but he looks really good. Cam Newton on the other side and Bill Belichick. You, you have to wonder if, if Cam's going to last the season um, in Foxborough or if the, 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 the one-year test uh, that Cam Newton is really under at the moment because if he wants a big contract, he has to, as a bare minimum, have the Patriots make in the playoffs. And at the moment, they're two and four.
1: Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And uh, Cam Newton, prior to his COVID diagnosis, it looks like he had been making progression. Every, well, I mean, week one was mediocre. Week two, he came, you know, lights out, was playing out of his mind. And that was that close game against Seattle. Week three, he kind of tailored it back again. And then COVID hit. And it's just been worse and worse and worse every week. And I, the, the performance that he did on Sunday was absolutely horrible. Uh, and it, it deserved him being sat. Um, I think he only had a 43 passer rating. Um, the fact that, you know, Jarrett Stidham is, was put in the game just goes to show you that, that they're not going to mess around with Cam Newton if, if he can't produce. And I think at the two and four record, they're, they're not going to be, making you know the AFC East uh they're not going to be winning the AFC East I I think that's the bills it's the bills to lose but I mean that's the bills pretty much have that in hand and the that they might as well just sit Newton and go for a better draft pick if if this is the type of play that they're going to be able to produce this year because every win is essentially going to be a loss for them because they're going to get you know a lower draft
0: pick yeah that's it um It's kind of a tough one. They, they've tried to go after Cam Newton, tried to get him back to what he was um, when he was doing well for the Panthers. And it's, it may be that that might have been a stretch too far. Um, there is some um, trade news coming in from the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they've traded away um, their defensive end, Everson Griffin, um, who was captain last week's uh, game. Yeah. Uh, for a conditional draft pick. Um it's not said who it's to, oh no, it's to Detroit for the um Yeah. It's to Detroit for a conditional draft pit. So I don't know what condition that might be, but um, I would imagine it's probably going to be a, a high pick.
1: Yeah. It, well, and I mean, I don't know that I wouldn't count the, the lions out of it just yet. I mean, they're, they're not doing that bad this year. The, they, they could still make the playoffs. I mean, Think about who else is in their division. I mean, the, the, the Packers are there, but they're definitely going to be playing for a wild card spot. I think that this is a good move.
0: Yeah, that's probably... I think it gives the Cowboys, if, if they are going to have to go for a high draft pick themselves because their record's going to be poor, um, it gives them an extra option next year and so, um, another draft pick. So we'll have to wait and see what, what happens. Um, the next game that we have... Um, it's a game I was looking forward to um, Jaguars at the Chargers um, Justin Herbert shows up in, in such a big way um, it's outstanding but one play that caught my eye was um, Minshew was on offense, he had a full defensive line in front of him three defensive linemen went after him managed to get through his offensive line and sack him. Just three guys. It was three on five. Those three guys burst through that line and took Minshew out. And I was like, I'm almost starting to think that the offensive line don't have faith in Minshew now. It certainly looks as though the coaching staff don't either.
1: Yeah. I think that the the biggest, the biggest storyline from this game is Justin Herbert. I mean, talk right now it looks like the chargers struck gold um and it's something you know we've we've been mining for pretty hard here in denver is hitting that quarterback gold and it looks like the chargers found it with justin herbert in the late first round uh, i mean he had his, his second straight game with over a you know 110 quarterback rating and for a rookie that's insane i mean you and i talk about joe burrow all the time and how great of a year he's having but I, didn't, I don't think that any of us expected Justin Herbert to come in in his rookie season and be putting oh, up similar or, or better numbers. Yeah, yeah, I
0: mean, he wasn't even starting uh, the first week. He only came in because a doctor screwed up a, an injection um, on the starting quarterback. So uh, it was a strange one. He, he, Justin Herbert came out for a play. Um, they didn't show on red zone, but for some reason he came out for a play. Um, Easton Stick took it. Um, got four yards um, on a completion. And then Justin Herbert came back in. I don't know what that was about and I've not really seen anything in the media since to say what that was. But whatever it was, it really doesn't matter. He threw for 347 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, he just, Crazy. He, he, Crazy. The only the only one issue that I have, and we've spoken about it like a hundred times, is he's the lead rusher on the team. And, and that is something, nine rushes for 66 yards. So his average was seven, whereas Joshua Kelly, his 12 carries for 29 yards is an average of two and a half. So for me, I think the only thing that they probably need to work on is getting someone that can run the ball.
1: Yeah. It, they're missing Austin Eckler really bad. Um, and I mean, they, they did have Austin Eckler and Melvin Gordon last year. Melvin Gordon is now with the Broncos and I'm, it's just going to show that, Uh, without Eckler in there they're they're struggling at the running back back position it's uh it's really interesting to me that they're they're struggling that badly because I don't feel I thought that Justin Jackson and uh, Josh Kelly were, were better running backs but they're just not finding the holes um but it Herbert's doing all the right things right now he is finding all of the, the all of his weapons, and that's more than you can ask for with a rookie. I think that a lot of times uh, rookie quarterbacks will fall into a kind of a security blanket of just looking for one guy all the time, or looking for that quick, you know, dump pass. And he's he's not afraid to throw the deep ball. He's not afraid to throw it across the middle. I mean, he's he's come out and he's looking very good, and as though he's not having any problems adjusting to this NFL.
0: No, he's done really well. Game finished 39-29 to, to the Chargers. Jacksonville, I've got nothing to talk about, really, uh, other than Minchia will probably be replaced pretty soon. Um, you took, by the way, um, you took the 49ers game. Um, I, I forgot to mention. Um, but I take the Chargers game um, only so slightly. You had them winning by 20. I had them winning by seven. So uh, what is the next game that you've got? up?
1: Next game that I have up is the game of the week. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. Man, this lived up to everything it was built to to be. I I was watching the game and I, I was on Twitter and I was like, sure enough, it's it's going to come down to the final play. Of course, it's coming down to the final play. And it ah, the 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 play of the game for me was seeing DK Metcalf not give up on that interception return. And, you know, Russell Wilson throws a terrible, I don't know who is, what he was thinking, but it was a terrible ball. Um, Very un-Russell Wilson-like. He he had a very un-Russell Wilson-like game. He had three interceptions. Yeah. But he throws this ball. uh, They're in the red zone. Total pick, pick. The guy picks it off and starts running back, taking it to the house. And DK Metcalf, who, by the way, Russell Wilson was not even throwing the ball to, makes up the ground, and brings him down for a tackle at like the five yard line the, so he saves a touchdown he saves a pick six and then I don't that must have just brought in a, a whole new set of life to that Seattle Seattle Seahawks defense because they went out there and they didn't let him in the end zone and the Cardinals decided to to go for it on fourth down on, on that drive and they didn't they didn't get in the end zone then either so they walk away from that interception with zero points and that's all because of DK Metcalf um, that that was the play of the game to me. I, I I couldn't stop watching it after after that play. I was like, man, the the Seahawks they play with a tremendous amount of heart. Uh, what what Pete Carroll preaches to these guys, um, the, the the Gatorade he's given them, they're they're full on drinking it um, in Seattle, and they're, they're playing their hearts out. This goodness. this came down to overtime, and I thought that I thought that Seattle had won it. Um, that. Russell Wilson threw it to who else but DK Metcalf? Um, he who was completely quiet the entire game. It was the Tyler Lockett show. Um, had over Tyler Lockett had over 200 yards receiving and three touchdowns, um, which was insane. But he throws Russell Wilson throws it to DK Metcalf for the go ahead win, go ahead touchdown for the win. And I was like, of course it's DK Metcalf to win the game because he's the one that put out all that effort to stop that interception from being a pick six. And it was a holding penalty on the offense. It came back and Arizona ended up winning it. It was, it was such a good game. And I, I swear, Seattle is always in these type of games. And typically they always find ways to win it. They didn't come through this time, but wow, it was, it was a great game to watch.
0: So I was a little sad actually, because I couldn't watch this game live because I'd work the next morning. It was on like one in the 1am in the UK. Um, so I didn't get to watch it live uh, I watched Good Morning Football before I actually watched the highlights of the game so I kind of knew the score and stuff so um, I was <laughs> and I was like all weekend, all week they talked about how are the Seahawks, not how are the Cardinals going to stop Wilson everyone had talked about how are the Seahawks going to stop Murray um, and and they, they didn't I mean he he had a typical Murray game as is, is what we've seen Wilson he didn't throw an interception through weeks one through five and then he threw one in week six and then he threw throws three interceptions in one game and, and one that is you know gives it away um I, I felt bad for Wilson um I, I still think they're probably he's still having obviously an MVP season and the Seahawks are still having a great season they're five and one so you have to probably lose at some point. It's very rare that a team goes unbeaten through a season. So um, I kind of felt sorry for them. Um, I thought they'd done a, a really good job. Um, I believe you take the win on this one. Um, yes, you do. Oh, no, neither I think, of us did. I picked,
1: yeah, I picked the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, we both took the Seahawks. So neither that's actually the only game that neither of us got right. Like we didn't pick the winner correctly. Um, so there you go. Um, last game was last night's game. Uh, the Bears and the Rams. Um, I've deleted my notes somehow that I had for this game because um, I watched it this afternoon during my long lunch break that I took. Um, <laughs> this was a really solid game uh, for the Rams. They, they looked Ram-like again and, and they looked comfortable and they went up against the Bears team coming in were, were five and one looked pretty good for themselves and um, were very, Nick Foles had been playing very well, um, the defense had been pretty strong but in this game uh, LA were just consistently scoring throughout the game, each quarter getting at least something up until the, the fourth, but by that point they were kind of, again it was a team that was kind of, not coasting badly, but they are just kind of taking the foot off the gas and and it was more kind of a garbage, day, uh, garbage time touchdown at the. Uh, I to the Bulls. Uh, the Bears got so. Um, would you say that this is probably a breakout game uh, for the Rams, and and we'll see them kind of move on from this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that this is this was a game for the Rams that we. This is the type of play that we expected to see. Um, that they had that three-headed monster or two-headed monster with the rushing attack. Jared Goff didn't make any mistakes. Their defense was insane. Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, they're, they're playing amazing right now. And they gave the Bears uh, quite a handful uh, to, to try and contend with. I mean, I, honestly, it didn't even look like the Bears knew to show up. The, 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 I don't know if anyone told them that they were playing on Monday night, um, but they, they didn't even hard they didn't even show up to the, the Bears offense didn't even show up to the game. And Foles was under pressure the entire night. And he was just throwing the ball up. He was, he looked completely rattled. It looked like it should be, you know, Mitch Trubisky that was replacing him at some point because he just, he looked terrible, but there wasn't, I don't know. Under, I understand why they didn't put Trubisky in because I feel like what is he going to go do? There's, 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 there's nobody, No, nobody's doing anything out there. No one showed up. So might as well leave folds out there. It, the fact that it was 24 to 10 and the way that the Rams were playing, I feel like it, the the Rams never even let the bears into it. Looking at the scores, like, Oh, they won by 14, but it feels like they won by more than that, the way that they played.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the bears, I mean, even if you just look through the box score and you look at the stats, You look at the Bears and you're like, was that the first half? (laughs) Because there's no rushing game. There's no um, passing game. Um, And I think it was just down to to the Rams' defense. I think something that the Bears maybe haven't come up against as yet has been a really, really strong defense. Um, And like you say, they strangled Foles um, out of the game. Um, I think if Trubitsky be come in, it would have been worse um i think he is a nightmare um of a quarterback and i i can't see how he would have added any value whatsoever to this game uh, for the bears he certainly wouldn't have brought the score any closer um and i think Goff had a, a like say a faultless game um he threw 20 he threw 40 for 28 um uh, sorry no that was uh, that was false uh, goff was uh, 33 for 23. So, um, yeah, 219 yards, two touchdowns. You get Michael Brown running in for a touchdown. He's going to be happy with that as well. So, I thought it was just a really solid, on both sides of the football, solid game for the Rams. And I do think that we've seen flashes of them being good in games, but not consistently throughout a game. And, And now we have. Hopefully that's their preseason over um, and, and we see them kind of move on from here because they're five and two, so they're well worth a, a playoff spot. Um, yeah. That is, though, um, all of our games. That game, um, we actually have a tie. We had a tie uh, up until that game. Um, and you took the Rams... I took the Rams by five and you took the Rams by ten. So you take week seven um so well done thanks for that yes, um, yes so you've now won um three weeks in a row wow. um,
1: don't call it a comeback
0: don't call it a comeback <laughs> Come back. okay um, so we're not gonna um take any teams out this week um we usually take a, a team out of the playoffs um but so far we've taken the giants falcons jaggers and vikings jets broncos dolphins and cowboys um it's pretty tough this week because of some pretty good results for, for teams that haven't been doing so well. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, moving on to next week, we've got a, a good slate of games as well. Um, Ravens, Dolphins, Vikings and Colts will all be back next week as well off their bye weeks. That'll be good to have them. Um, so we'll do that show a bit later on for you. Um, in terms of... You've had a podcast, right? Have you got anything to plug this week?
1: Yeah, if you want to listen to another podcast, make sure you give mine a listen. It's called Rocky Mountain Marketing. Um, And follow me on social. Uh, You know, I think that also, too, in our Facebook group, if you have not joined it yet, make sure you join the Facebook group. But, James, I think that you should list all the teams that we've taken out of the playoffs and do a poll as to who people think – where we have right or wrong and who might actually be able to make their way back in and who is, yeah, they're done for. So, uh, yeah, join the conversation with us and tell us if you have a, if you want us to talk about any other football or, um, if you're interested in seeing how we're doing in our fantasy football leagues, uh, <laughs> James can announce how hear. I'm just getting destroyed, um, in his league, but, uh, especially with Odell going out, but <laughs>
0: Yeah, the across the pond league is still going. I did forget last week; totally slipped my mind to to send out the the scores and standings. Probably because I got beat. Um, however, this week I won, so um, I'll send out this week. <laughs> um, so, but no, it's it's been a good weekend of football. Um, we're doing lots on the social media side, and like we said at the beginning, um, we're going to do this. Um, uh, host this kind of red zone sunday watch party um on collide and we'll post some links for it on our social media as well so everyone can get involved get the app it's quite a simple easy app to use so um you can get on there um join myself and katie it'll uh, be on for a while um and and we'll we'll have some fun talk some football um and you can drink beverages at home uh while, while you're you're chatting and watching red zone because um, red zone Sundays certainly become a thing um, now. So um, hopefully everyone's watching that. I only tend to watch my Cowboys if it's the if it's a full game. But um, Sky Sports because they've uh, not been that great. The Cowboys um, they've not been showing them their games live. So red yeah, zone.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say probably this this year might just be more worthwhile for you to just watch red zone.
0: Thank you think you might be right um but do catch us um for another episode a bit later on the week and um, we're gonna have a, a world series review coming up as well um but for now katie thank you so much for joining us
1: thanks for having me.
0: huge thank you to uh, katie for another great show um <laughs> nice to have some laughs there uh, with some uh, games that were were high drama um, over the weekend. Uh, hopefully, this weekend is just as exciting. I'm sure it will be. Again, if you want to get us on social media, you can do so. Across the Pond Sports Pod on Facebook and Instagram, just search for us. Um, and at ATP Sports Pod on Twitter. Um, as I said before, um, at the top of the show, we are going to be doing uh, a live um, watch party on Collide. That's C O C. L-L-Y-D-E um, So do join the party We'll chat football We'll have a laugh um, Enjoy Red Zone Talk about some wild plays Brilliant touchdowns um, it, I think it's going to be a lot of fun um, And it's something that we'll hopefully look to do regularly um, So you can join me and Katie for that um, And we'll have so much fun doing it um, I'm sure it's going to be a laugh and a hoot um, And it'll be great to have as many people on there as possible Um, just joining in. Um, It is seven hours of commercial-free football, um, so I don't expect people to bail for the full seven hours, as I will be, um, because I'm dedicated. But please do um, pop in, even if it's just to say hi, um, and get used to using the functionality of Collide. It is really a great app, uh, and one that I have used at the weekend, and I'm looking forward to using as a host uh, this weekend. Um, So we will be back for our preview of week 8 a little bit later on and as I say that um, World Series review uh, with Joe um, who was on last week and we'll have Molly as well um, who is uh, also a Dodgers fan I see it going Dodgers way so I'm hedging my bets and having them on the show uh, a little later on in the week apart from that enjoy the rest of your week and we'll speak soon Sports Social Podcast Network